Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. One of the joys of writing is that we get to be time wranglers. We're manipulating time and creating this hallucination of the passage of time. Memoir typically concerns itself with memory and time. Fiction typically concerns itself with action through time. I say typically because these are tendencies. But whether you're writing fiction or memoir, your task is to bring your reader to a place where the laws of time as they know it no longer exist. They've been replaced by story time. Story time has its own laws. One single moment can take pages to convey, and a year or 10 might pass in one sentence. So in today's episode, I'm going to give you four time sequencing techniques that you may not have heard of. These can give you more options, more range, and more authority. You may want to use a combination of these four or none of them. You may just want to stick to chronological time or chronological time with flashbacks. These are just to spark ideas of what's possible to give your story more depth, more suspense, and cohesion. All coming up on today's episode. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. Once you've established your story time, how much time your present story covers from start to finish, then you can start playing with time. You can linger in the present, recall the past, you can move forward into the future. Story time is flexible, it's fluid. So before we dive into our four time sequencing techniques, let's start with chronological order. This is the most straightforward and self-explanatory. Now, some writers favor chronological order because then the reader doesn't know what's going to happen next. In his essay, The Magic Show, Tim O'Brien writes, by its very nature, the future compels and intrigues us. It holds promise. It holds terror. And plot relies for its power on the essential cloudiness of things to come. We don't know. We want to know. So, Using the chronological time sequence as your base, let's play with time. Number one, 
frame stories. A frame story is when the fulcrum of the story is the past. So it uses a prolonged flashback that becomes the center of the story. It typically opens by immersing the reader in a present time dramatic scene before leaping into the flashback. The afflicted is a frame story. It starts out with the narrator in the ER after his girlfriend slices her finger while preparing food. And then it quickly goes into a series of flashbacks about his fatherless childhood. So the flashback is the story. It's what's weighing the present as he contemplates his future with his girlfriend. It returns to the present after a series of flashbacks. The flashbacks are crucial. They're significant. They reveal the power of a particular time in this narrator's past and why it's still affecting him in the present. Now, I did a whole episode on flashback in last week's episode, episode 60, three common flashback mistakes and how to avoid them. So for more on flashbacks, listen to that episode. I'll link in the show notes. Number two, figure eight. As you're drafting your story, you might discover that you keep returning to the same image or central event. So you might choose to loop time around this central moment, shaping the story into a figure eight. Stephanie Vaughn uses a figure eight in her story, Abel Baker, Charlie Dog. So the story opens as the 12-year-old narrator watches her father in his army officer's uniform walking toward the house as it returns home from a day at work. The scene is followed by a long jump backward as the narrator briefly describes the beginning of her parents' marriage and then depicts her relationship with her father when she was four years old, then six years old. We come closer to the year of the opening scene, which takes place in Fort Niagara when the narrator's father learns that he's been passed over for a promotion. Shortly afterward that, the narrator watches him walking again, carefully picking his way across the ice flows near Niagara Falls. She describes his leaving the army that year, then jumps ahead into more scenes that show his aging and his death. And at the end of the story, thinking about her father's life, she remembers again the way he looked as he walked across the ice. So the story begins at one point in time, then leaps backward, returning gradually in scenes to the time of the story's opening. And then it continues forward to show more scenes that follow the events of the opening and have been irreversibly affected by it. So the story is shaped around that moment where her father walks across the Niagara Falls ice flows. So the story does this figure eight around that central image. So number one, frame stories. Number two, figure eight. Number three, flash forwards. Now, many stories advance forward steadily, but occasionally you may want to give the reader a sudden glimpse into the future by using a flash forward. 
Now, if you watch the program, This Is Us, you've probably noticed how frequently they use flash forwards. For example, we know through flash forwards early in the first season that the father will die. We don't know yet when or how he'll die, but the flash forwards have us expecting and dreading his death. And at the end of season five, we see Kate, who's presently married to Toby, in a wedding dress, getting ready to marry her boss. Now, you don't have to use flash forwards as often as the program does. This This Is Us is really uses flash forwards a lot, and I don't recommend that you overdo it. You can just give us a glimpse, and this can be really effective in creating suspense, because the question tugging us along is not what's going to happen necessarily, but how it's going to happen and when it's going to happen. Here's another example of a flash forward in fiction from Harriet Dewar's novel, Stones for Ibarra. The novel begins with a married couple's travel from San Francisco to Mexico, where they're reopening an abandoned copper mine in the village of Ibarra. Then we get a glimpse into the future. So here's an excerpt. It's on the outside edge of nowhere, said the friends. You can't mean to spend the rest of your lives down there. But indeed, the Everton's intention is to spend the rest of their lives down here. They will not know until July that in Richard's case, this will amount to six years. Count on at least six active years, they will be told by the doctor, who diagnoses an irregularity, or put more clearly, a malignancy, in Richard's blood the summer after their arrival in Ibarra. But by then, they are already whitewashing the old house and pumping water from the third level of the Maguana mine. So a flash forward can give your reader a startling vision of the characters' futures as their present conflicts unfold. And this can help us understand the present story in a larger context. It can give your story a weighty sense of significance and destiny. Again, not all stories will benefit from flash forwards. So when should you use a flash forward? Well, consider using a flash forward only when a glimpse of the future will add to the tension and enrich the present story. In most cases, a flash forward can detract from the narrative tension, answering so many of the reader's questions that the suspense will dissipate. So use them sparingly and strategically. And number four, reverse order. You might decide to move your entire story in reverse order, marching the characters into the past. Anna Quinlan does this in her novel, One True Thing. The first chapter shows the narrator in jail, and we gradually learn that she's been accused of killing her mother. And she ends the chapter with this. No matter what the police and the district attorney said, no matter what the papers wrote, no matter what people believed then and still believe these years later, the truth is that I did not kill my mother. I only wished I had. Then in chapter two, she marches us back into the past. Now, Lori Moore also does this in her story, How to Talk to Your Mother. The story traces the relationship between mother and daughter, and it begins years after her mother's death and ends with an early childhood memory. So the 
Reverse order technique depends on the power of the stories behind a story. Martin Amos said that he wrote his novel Time's Arrow in backward chronological order because looking backwards was the only way to understand the Holocaust. Okay, now all of these time sequencing techniques depend on what kind of story you're writing. You might want to experiment with one or two of these or use a combination. I just want to give you more range and more options for controlling and orchestrating time in your story. Here are those four sequences. Sequence number one, frame stories. This is when flashback becomes the center of the story, and it shows how the past still has power over your character's present. Sequence number two, figure eight. This is where you loop time around a central moment or image and return to it at the end. Sequence number three, flash forward. This gives your reader a glance into your character's future, adding suspense. With a flash forward, we ask how will it happen and when? In sequence number four, reverse order. This is where you start with something shocking, as Anna Quinlan does by opening with the narrator in jail for murdering her mother, then marches us back into the past to tell us how she arrived in that situation. Now, if you use reverse order, you just want to make sure that you don't give away too much. You want to withhold details so that the reader asks, how did she or he get into that situation? Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Writer Unleashed. If this episode resonated with you, please go leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Reviews are key to keeping Writer Unleashed on the top of the charts where other writers can find us. I'll see you next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, join us on our private Facebook group, Writer Unleashed Community. It's totally free to join. And if you want more free resources, plus writing tips, I only share an email. Sign up over at nancypinuccio.com. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Till then, keep writing, and I'll talk to you soon.